Hello again. Thank you for joining me. Gary Zacharias with The Apologist Bookshelf. I have a book I just got, and I'm not finished with it, but uh, getting there, and it's a powerful book. It's now in the expanded third edition by an award-winning author named Frank Turek, who uh, co-authored a book with uh, Norm Geisler called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. Maybe you've heard about that one. It's a really terrific book. Uh, he's the president of crossexamine.org. He's a speaker, and I know he's a speaker, and I know he's dynamic because he's spoken to our church before, and I've gone to hear him in some other churches. He's fun, he's uh, energetic, and clear, and he speaks all over the place. Take a look at uh, some YouTube videos. He goes along uh, probably over 100 times, I think is the estimate, uh, speaking at secular colleges and has a great social media presence. He's got a radio show and a podcast called I Don't Have Enough Faith to Be an Atheist. And this book is called Correct, Not Politically Correct. And it deals with homosexuality, same-sex marriage, and transgenderism. Wow. I mean, those are issues that are really explosive these days. Uh, each one catches fire and then is replaced by another one. So it's kind of in that order, isn't it? Homosexuality then same-sex marriage, and everybody said, well, that took care of uh, that, and then here we go, transgenderism is the new hot-button issue. So this third edition of his book has a new section dealing with transgenderism, which I think makes it uh, really useful, and it's not that big. It's, uh, I don't know, a couple hundred pages maybe? Yeah, just a little over 200 pages. And so the first section of the book was published in 2008, and that's uh, making a case against same-sex marriage. And then he moves into another section, of course, today that deals with the uh, issue of transgenderism. So I wanted to look at the same-sex marriage, and I'm going to be coming back to this book many, many times because it's got such good material in here, and it's so powerful. So what he does uh, toward the beginning here is, remember, this is the older book that came out in 2008, older edition. It's called The Six-Point Case Against Same-Sex Marriage. And so what I'd like to do is read to you the six, and then we'll go through them the, the way Frank uh, mentions them. So a six-point case against same-sex marriage, number one, natural marriage is the foundation of a civilized society. Okay, natural marriage. Number two, homosexual behavior is inherently destructive. Because if you're going to have a same-sex marriage, then obviously you have some homosexuality involved, involved in that. Number three, the law is a great teacher and it encourages or discourages behavior. See, that's something a lot of people don't think about. The law is a teacher. So we'll come back to that one in a minute. Number four, government-backed same-sex marriage would encourage and normalize homosexual behavior and it would harm natural marriage in children and adults and even homosexuals themselves. And number five, the law should promote behaviors that are beneficial and prohibit, or at least not endorse, destructive behaviors. I mean, that just seems common sense, doesn't it? And then number six, therefore, the law should promote natural marriage and it should pro provide no option for government-backed same-sex marriage or civil unions. So he says, obviously, I need to support these things with evidence. Yeah, he does, and he does a good job with it. So let's pick up on these six points again. Uh, number one, let's go back. Number one, natural marriage is the foundation of a civilized society. And he points out it's more than just some kind of a private relationship of two people. It's a social institution, and it sets up the procreating family unit. There'd be no stability for kids. There'd be no community 
if you didn't have marriage. He said marriage is the oldest and most basic of three foundational institutions of the whole Western world. What are the other two? Government and the church. He says it's actually the most basic of those three. If you don't have kids, you don't need a government. You don't need a church. And no government or church could parent like a mom or dad. And so he says, uh, all right, now there are benefits of natural marriage. He said they can't be overstated. And he goes into detail, and I'm just going to have to skim these, but they're really powerful. And by the way, he backs up this information from all the sources that he used. So that's important. He doesn't just say, oh, it's dangerous, and then trust me. He doesn't do that. He has footnotes, and he takes you to all sorts of uh, web addresses and books and articles that he's used for his material. So number one, the benefits of natural marriage can't be overstated. He says it helps the couple. It helps their children. helps the economy. helps the whole nation. And then just, again, let me just rattle these off here and just have you think about these. What can natural marriage do? It lengthens lifespans of men and women. It focuses men and civilizes them to focus on productive pursuits. It protects women. It protects moms from violent crime. It lowers welfare costs. It encourages an adequate replacement birth rate. And then this is a statistic I think is really powerful, or set of statistics. What about kids that come out of a natural marriage home? Now, he keeps saying natural marriage. He's talking about a male and a female. So what, what is it like to be a kid? What, what happens to them as they come out of this kind of home? They're seven times less likely to live in poverty, six times less likely to commit suicide, less than half as likely to commit crime, less than half as likely to become pregnant out of wedlock, they develop better academically and socially. They're healthier physically and emotionally when they reach adulthood. I mean, you look at that and you think, good grief, this is just so positive. Yes, it is. It's incredibly positive. What's the flip side of it? Okay, what if you get kids coming from a fatherless home, for example? Way more likely to be in poverty, more likely to commit suicide, commit crimes, become pregnant. They're worse off academically and socially. They're worse off when they become adults. So I will skip over this, but I think this is really powerful information. So that was his first of six points. Natural marriage is the foundation. It's the most important foundation of a civilized society. Number two, homosexual behavior is inherently destructive. And he said, of course, a lot of homosexuals get really upset about that. But he said there's valid data to show, especially when you're talking about male homosexuality, it's extremely unhealthy. Now, for example, he gets uh, information from the Center for Disease Control, the CDC. More than 82% of all sexually tra transmitted AIDS cases were the result of male-to-male -male sexual contact, 82%. So, I won't, again, I won't go through all of this, but it shortens the lifespan of homosexuals, 8 to 20 years. Uh, it's more than, way more than smoking. Smoking causes you to lose about 7 years, but they're saying if you're homosexual, you lose 8 to 20 years. He says, we discourage smoking. Why are we think him endorsing homosexuality? All right, so then he's got more and more statistics. Homosexual behavior is unhealthy. Kind of hard to argue with that. What about lesbians? They have a higher risk for cervical cancers, more likely to be obese. They use more alcohol, alcohol tobacco, and illicit drugs. They have uh, bacterial diseases more. Uh, they have more than twice the number of male partners. More likely to have a, a lot of them and more likely to have sex with men that have a high risk for HIV. More likely to abuse drugs. So it's not just the male homosexuals. The female lesbians have a lot of physical problems as well. 
So I'm going to skip again over this. There's a lot of good information here, but I want to move through these six points. So the six-point case against uh, same-sex marriage, number three. He says the law is a great teacher and encourages or discourages behavior. So can I go back one more time and talk about those six, just so you know where I am in the list here? Number one, natural marriage is the foundation of a civilized society. Number two, homosexual behavior is destructive inherently. And now we are number three, the law is a great teacher. And it will encourage or discourage behavior. So he says, we find the real reason that homosexual activists are fighting so hard to get government backing for their same-sex marriage. He says, it's really not about civil rights, it's about civil acceptance. He says, uh, <clears throat> the law is a great teacher. Most people think, well, whatever is legal must be moral, and so therefore we should accept it. And I think that's a really good point. That's how people think about laws like that. So let's go to point number four. So again, one more time. Number one, natural marriage is the foundation for a civilized society. Number two, homose homosexual behavior is destructed. Number three, the law is a great teacher. So if you make same-sex marriage legal, then people think it's moral. When, of course, that issue has not been uh, debated. Here's number four as the part of the six-point case against same-sex marriage. Government-backed same-sex marriage would encourage and normalize homosexual behavior, and that would harm natural marriage involving kids and adults and homosexuals themselves. Um, here's the Gay Liberation Front. Back in 1969, they said, We exposed the institution of marriage as one of the most insidious and basic sustainers of the system. So uh, most people who professionally dislike marriage support same-sex marriage. Kind of interesting, isn't it? It says, uh, he talks about Michelangelo Signorile, who is a homosexual activist. He says he wants homosexual activists to fight for same-sex marriage and its benefits, and then, once granted, redefine the institution of marriage completely to demand the right to marry, not as a way of adhering to socially, society's moral codes, but to debunk a myth and radically, ar ar sorry, radically alter an archaic institution. Wow. So they want to undermine marriage, natural marriage. So if they change the definition of marriage, that destroys marriage itself because it changes attitudes and behaviors and it drags natural marriage down to their level. He says marriage will be destroyed and their sexual choices will be validated, which is probably true. Well, he says, well, how would same-sex marriage hurt kids? But they found that, um, let's see, across history and cultures, marriage is, this is a quote, that he uses here from a man named, let me find him here, David Blankenhorn. David Blankenhorn. He's president of the Nonpartisan Institute for American Values. And he actually calls himself a lifelong liberal Democrat. So he doesn't go along with the Bible as far as homosexuality. But here's what he has to say. I think this is great. It's somebody who's kind of on the opposite side of the spectrum from where I would be. He says, across history and cultures, marriage is the single most fundamental idea is that every child needs a mother and a father. Changing marriage to accommodate same-sex couples would nullify this principle in culture and in law. So I think that is uh, fascinating. How else does it hurt kids? Well, illegitimate parents often never form a family. And cohabitors end up breaking up very often. And in uh, Norway, for example, they had same-sex marriage since the early 90s. And illegitimacy is exploding. It's exploding. So coupling is how the future generations are going to see marriage, and that's it. So why, why marry at all and just have kids out of wedlock, which can't be good for the kids? 
All right, so again, I will skip over a lot of this. How would same-sex marriage hurt you? He said, remember he said that point number four here, it's going to encourage and harm, uh, normalize homosexual behavior, and it's going to hurt a lot of people. So how is it going to hurt us? He says, how would government-backed same-sex marriage hurt you? Homosexual activists often ask. Well, how about this? Income taxes will be increased. Social security taxes will be increased to pay for survivor supports. Medical insurance premiums will rise to offset the higher health care costs with homosexual behavior. Employee benefits will be reduced because they're going to have to include more people that way as in partnerships. Homosexual couples will be given legal preference to adopt because they can't procreate. Your children will be indoctrinated. Your workplace will attempt to indoctrinate you. Your place of worship will be forced to hire homosexuals. Here's a big one. Free speech and religious rights will be curtailed. That's already happening. And then number 10, your government and its intrusive ways will grow. Now, one other thing he said, and then what I'm going to do is stop here because I've only covered four of the six. I want to do one more podcast on this to finish up on these six points. I was thinking I could get through them all now, but it's going to make for a long podcast. So remember, point four was that government-backed same-sex marriage is going to normalize homosexual behavior and then harming natural marriage and children and adults and homosexuals themselves. So we haven't gotten to that last point yet. How would same-sex marriage hurt homosexuals? Because that seems odd. It seems like, well, isn't that for their benefit? But he said, if the court or Congress mandates same-sex marriage, what does it say? That sodomy is now good enough to promote. So it goes from prohibit to permit to promote. And it's going to promote that false idea that homosexual behavior is just as healthy as heterosexual behavior. So he says, so how does that hurt homosexuals? He said, well, given all these serious health consequences of homosexual behavior, he says we're endorsing it. That would be actually unloving. There's a book out by David Capellian that he references here. It's called The Marketing of Evil. He says, we've forgotten as a society what love is because supporting and justifying homosexuality is not real love any more than glorifying drinking helps the alcoholic or celebrating smoking helps wipe out lung cancer. I think that's interesting. Um, let me see if there's anything else on that section here. Yeah, you know what? I'll stop at this point because I've already gotten it up to about 15 minutes here. So again, this is, I'm going to come back my very next podcast because I hate to leave things hanging, but I want to continue a little bit more on this. This is Frank Turek's book called Correct, Not Politically Correct. And this is a section about, uh, the. it's a six-point case that he's making against same-sex marriage. So I'll finish it up in the next podcast. All right, thanks for listening.